epignosis, glory to God. So in the month of October, from the very beginning, we've started our conversation on epignosis. Um, while we may not want to use big sounding Greek words, I, I don't want you to feel oppressed by language. This so-called big words towards it's, it's someone's language. That person may not even know Jesus or be born again. This, these are languages, all right? And revelation is by the Spirit, not by language. So going deep into Greek, going deep into Hebrew or Aramaic, all right, while it helps us to understand context, culture, all right, and, and helps us to, 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 to bring some realness to plug in into the experience in the word. Real revelation always comes by the Spirit, all right? And, and I believe the reason in God's infinite wisdom and prophetic timing is that there were certain things that needed to be in place for the manifestation of the Son of God, all right? The Son of God that will go as a seed so that the sons can now manifest. And part of that, I believe, is robust language and communication because the will of the Father has captured succinctly in eternity. Um, language limits us. The best of languages limits us to communicate a lot of eternal and divine realities and possibilities. And we started our conversation, epignosis, moving beyond knowledge, awareness, information to the realm of revelation by the spirit where this is now experiential second peter chapter 1 verse 2 and verse 4 second peter chapter 1 verse 2 and all the way to verse 4 it says grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord verse 3 says according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, it says, Whereby are given unto us, whereby given unto me, whereby given unto you, the believer in Christ, exceeding great, and you, you can see the English language literally struggling, exceeding great, precious promises. Hmm. It says that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped, glory to God, the corruption that is in the world through lust. Hmm. What the time we've been having in God's word. In part one, I want to encourage you, if you were with us, go back and listen. If you are just joining us, we want to appreciate you and thank you for joining us to learn God's word. You will do well to revisit. All right. In part one, this is just a recap. There is no way we can go into the depth of it. We said that there are three commitments that you and I must make. It's non-negotiable. If we are going to move from a casual Christian life to a victorious Christian experience, all right, the life of faith, the life of glory, the life of victory, there are three commitments you and I would have to make. Number one, I must desire and prioritize God's word as the most important resource in my life. Hmm. Number two, I must contend for revelation knowledge through the practice of study and meditation. 
And number three, I must trust God for and pray for teachers that are tools of the Spirit for illumination. Glory to God. In part two, we talked about how God has pulled us out of darkness. Out of darkness. And we established the pillars that if your life will be one of victory, a solid life that the storm will hit, nothing will happen. All right, the, the, the earth will quake, nothing will happen. All right, the fire will blaze, nothing will happen. The storms will rage, not that solid life there. It, it's, it's a life that is built on the foundation of Christ, established on pillars that you and I cannot afford to just have an idea about. If not, we will be bamboozled and life will make a big mess of us. And we identified the seven pillars that the believer cannot afford just to have an idea about. You must have solid knowledge, solid teaching, solid assimilation, solid digestion. Mm, I'm jumping the gun already. The seven pillars, salvation. I won't break this down. The teaching is there. Christ, I was last week, you saw I was almost tempted. Sonship, faith, the divine life. The ministry of the spirit for helps and true reality. All right. And last week, Wednesday, by God's grace, we talked about lazy, lazy, unfruitful, unfruitful Christianity. And I emphasized to us that that is not what God wants you to be, no matter how appealing that life is. All right. And we talked about the characteristics of lazy Christianity using the metaphor of the hospital. And now the emergency room seems like a lot is happening, but that's not where God wants you to park. God wants you living a thriving, fulfilling, victorious life. Dominion, not treatment. Dominion, not recovery. Constant recovery and treatment and rehabilitation. Dominion. And we said lazy Christians will see results, but we'll never see the glory. You can see why that temptation is there. If all I want is results, I can see it. Why stress the route of epignosis when I can see results? Lazy Christians will get by, but will never fulfill destiny. You can see the appeal, the, 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 the cunningness of this option of why stress yourself. Lazy Christianity will cause swelling, but not growth. Lazy Christians can't go to war. They never taste victory. They will share in the spoil. But they don't have hands trained to war. And lazy Christians love their prophets, but hate their teachers. My wife said, hate is a strong word. So I said, I'm sorry. Let's change it to, they dislike, dislike their teachers. Glory to God. Are you ready for the word this evening? This is the series finale. Are you ready for the word this evening? Father, we expose ourselves to your light. Teach us, change us. Jesus alone is revealed and glorified. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. In the time we have left as we wrap up this series, um, I don't know about you, if you've tried to, to wrap a gift and you just suddenly realize that you don't have enough wrapper to go around. All right, that's what this evening's teaching felt like. The more I was wrapping it, the more it was spreading out. All right. So I can tell you, by the grace of God, if Jesus tarries, we can't end this conversation. There are very critical offshoots of this conversation that we must devote time to, 
to teach it and to become it, all right? Uh, and by God's grace, Jesus starts next year. We will dedicate a whole month to teaching on how to read, study, and interpret the Bible. By God's grace, we will do that. By God's grace, next year, we will dedicate time to the art and practice of Bible meditation, not Eastern meditation, because we've just been throwing meditation about left, right, center. The average person in today's world hears meditation and thinks of something different. In part one, we scratched the surface, what we imply by biblical meditation. We will go deep, dedicate a month to teaching on biblical meditation. If Jesus starts trusting the Lord or right to keep us. Glory to God. Do you have your Bibles, your notes ready? This is part four. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. I will read from verse 13 to verse 22. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13 to verse 22. Hmm. Verse 13 says, take hold of my instructions. It says, don't let them go. You can see immediately, this is not talking about lazy Christianity. It's saying, take hold of it. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. These are the keys to living the life that scripture talks about. That life will remain a, a, a mirage. It will remain some Eldorado um, impossible future there. If you are not able to hold on to the instructions, to God's word, and contend for revelation, it will just remain possibilities. It will remain just people's testimonies. It says the key to it becoming your own life is you holding on instructions verse 14 it says don't do as the wicked do guys we can't make this thing up you can see how this scripture is as though it was written for after part three it says don't do as the wicked do it's calling laziness wickedness it says and don't follow the path of evil doers Verse 15 says, don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Don't leave the way of the spirit and begin the way of the flesh. Say this one, this, this, this study. I'm just confessing scriptures. <laughs> it says, don't turn away. Verse 16 says, evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. Verse 17, they eat the food. Now, this is where the conversation of feeding comes in. So there is food for wickedness and there is food for life. Please follow us this evening. It says they eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Now, it is on the thought of this that verse 18 now says, but the way of the righteous is, is, is showing you two parts here. It says, but there is a way, that way of the righteous, it says it's like the first gleam of dawn. It's like that shining bright light. Guess what? As bright as it looks today, that's not the brightest. It gets brighter and brighter. It says, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. It says, stay on that path. It's a worthwhile investment. Your life should be glory to glory. Not crests and troughs, not ebbs and flows. It says in verse 19, but the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. It's just like what, what worked, what did not work. Um, which pastor is in town now? Where can I receive the prophecy? They are just all scattered. It says you stay on the path of the righteous. Continue to, to contend for light and just stay there. It will get brighter. 
it will get clearer. Stay there. The way of the Spirit, stay there. And it says in verse 20, it says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. This is literally saying, don't stay agnosis. Contend for epignosis. He said, let it, let it go deep. Let it go deep. And that's really what we are talking about this evening. It says in verse 22, for they bring life to those who find them and healing medicine to their whole body. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Wow, wow, wow. Mm. One of the best definitions I saw while studying the word epignosis, one of the best definitions I saw, and it made sense to me as someone who has studied the human body. The definition of epignosis as metabolized doctrine. Doctrine that has been metabolized. Doctrine is a systemic body of truth. All right. It says when it has been metabolized. What does metabolism mean? All right. I'm not trying to take you to biology or to, you know, I'm always taking people to different places. Please just be patient with me. Let's open our hearts to God's word. Um, let's use bread. Let's use bread. Um, depending on the kind of bread and the size of the bread, um, there are some essential things that your body requires to function, your physical body, all right? I, oh, many important things, all right? We'll talk about the critical ones um, um, without um, intending to undermine any other one. And, and, and this is, it just plays out in the way God has designed your human body, um, when a lot of us were a lot younger, we learned about the classes of food, carbohydrates, protein, vitamins, fats and oils, and minerals, um, water, all right, and all of those. Now, um, no matter how great and nice your bread is, um, the cells of your body cannot eat bread. There is a process that must convert that bread to something that your body can use. And you have critical organs. Every part of the body is important, but we have critical organs. Someone is listening with the ear of the physical and simultaneously listening with the ear of the spirit. We have critical organs. For example, the brain. The brain metabolizes exclusively glucose such that if you feed it something else, it has systems in place to even true pathways, chemical pathways that God built into you to end up converting those things to glucose. But you can't put bread in the blood. You can't put bread in the blood. In fact, you can't even put bread down and claim to be filled. That's what many of us do with God's word. It's a what a word. Wow, deep revelation. The only, the only difference is that it's deep revelation, but is it in your heart? Is it in your heart? So, as I said, this gift that we are wrapping up this evening the more I tried to wrap it up, it was just growing tentacles. And I know definitely this is not the last on this conversation. By God's grace, we'll pick it up. But just to leave you challenged. But that's my duty this evening, to challenge someone, to contend, all right, to stay there. There will be so much drama. Many people, hear me? Many people will live this way of faith, this way of the word, and will go the way of laziness. They will go the way of darkness and stumble. They don't mind stumbling. 
but we will stay with the way of the Spirit. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Oxygen is critical for your well-being and we've done a long series on oxygen, which is prayer for the believer. We've done it a, a very, in fact, I, I remain grateful to God for the grace to, to do that because it's there. Whenever you see a deficiency in your prayer life, you can go back to God's word. That's the way of, of this way. It's that I've received light on prayer. And then I see a situation that has queried the amount of light I have. What do I do? Because I'm the path of the righteous that stays on the faith lane. I can revisit God's word and trust for more light. It gets brighter and brighter and brighter. So in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus introduces us to food for the body and food for the spirit. This was during this temptation. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, we, we know this story well. And for those who are joining us and don't know the story, the Bible tells us after that Jesus was baptized, he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That's almost like saying to be um, accredited. To be verified, we, we outsourced this quality control. If, if we conduct it, you, you, you might say that we were biased. So let's get the devil to do it. And the first one was stone this stone. Or stones into bread. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. It says, but he answered and said, it is written. Jesus was quoting from Deuteronomy. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone. Meaning that because your body is needed on this side of eternity to do priesthood, you will need bread. Hmm. Hmm. Someone right now, that's the confirmation you needed. That you need to go back and revisit understanding priesthood part one, understanding priesthood part two. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, proceeds. You can see that. He's telling you that this is the revealed word. He's saying that it will remain there, nice looking, calorie dense, energy potential, but it won't do your life much if you would live it that way. There is bread for the body, there's food for the spirit. The food for the spirit is the word of God that proceeds. Rema. Rema. So it establishes to us that God's word is both medicine and food. And for many people, they are like, how can God's word be medicine and food at the same time? Uh, do you want us to answer that? Do you want us to answer that? Let's answer it. Um, the, the, the father of medicine individual considered to be the father of modern medicine as we know it is a Greek um, Greek individual <laughs> let me just say that by the name Hippocrates Hippocrates if you um, have heard of it many of you will be aware that uh, as doctors are um, absorbed into the medical profession they swear an oath called the Hippocratic Oath all right, so you can connect it to that name, Hippocrates. He said something profound. He said, the greatest medicine you will ever take is the food that you eat daily. So anyone that constantly separates your food from your medicine 
is optimizing you to spend <laughs> to buy drugs. Let's just leave, let's just leave that conversation for another day. But when he says that they are life to those who find them, it's medicine. It's literally life to their bones. It's a quickening power there. And Jesus is saying here that you will not need to feed your body. It's good to take care of this seven-star temple so that you can do priesthood around for a long time, but you will need the proceeding word. You will need epignosis for you to be able to feed your spirit man. It's food, it's medicine. And we said here that if, if this thing needs to become something why don't we just go directly to that something why take bread when you can get glucose why take air when you can get oxygen you know people who are not believers can hear these questions and they can answer why if i i, I can literally look for a medical expert and ask them the question why do we need to eat food when you can give us glucose in our veins when you can when you can get us a cocktail of all the necessary vitamins, minerals, and amino acids, why can't you just infuse everything by impartation? What are the dangers? And they will tell you that is not how the human body was designed in the healthy state. That is the design for a diseased state. That in the healthy state, you will chew. You will set your eyes on the food and immediately set up processes. There's production of saliva. Enzymes are getting ready. You will chew. You will chew on it. You will listen to it and you will release it again. You will swallow it. You will digest it. It will mix with faith. It will mix with faith and then there will be an absorption, epignosis and an excretion that this one does not align with God's word. I can excrete this. This is waste. That is what... God in his design calls health. But many people don't want to go that way. What are the risks of moving around with an IV line? And saying, I don't eat food, I just get drips. Hey, somebody needs to, please don't, don't do that shit. I don't eat food, I just get drips. I just get drips. Get my, my, I get my food drips. I get everything. They will tell you one of the biggest risks is infection. Deadly infection in medicine called sepsis. It can kill you. It can kill you. It can kill you. Prophetic addiction without word obsession will result in fatal error. Error that will kill you. I didn't write that down. Somebody needs to help me write it the way I said it. Prophetic addiction without scripture obsession will create what? Fatality. Errors. Errors. Mighty mind-blowing errors, sepsis, spiritual sepsis. Hmm. You now start hearing some, some interesting doctrines. You see, hey, glory to God. I said, glory to God. Hmm. So let's just begin to tie this up now. If you are going to feed on God's word, you must treat God's word as your necessary meal. And there is a place for strong desire. We said this in part one. We are just re-emphasizing this. That there is something called appetite. No matter how great the chef is. No matter how tasty the food is. No matter how beautiful and appealing it is to the eyes. Your appetite must be strong enough to encourage you to interact with it and to actually eat. That is the process of listening. The process of reading. There is an initial interaction. Job chapter 23 verse 12. Job chapter 23 verse 12 in the New Living Translation. This is Job giving us the secrets of his early days. The, the, the 
mechanics of the kind of life it was the wondrous life it was able to live it says i have not departed from his commands it says but i have treasured can you see that i have treasured his words more than my daily food this is job saying that if i have not studied god's word i i won't permit myself to go feed my body of what use is the body without the spirit? I will feed my body, don't get me wrong, all right, but I will take treasure as a matter of priority, feeding my spirit first, and I will ensure that it is quality food. It is rich food. It is the word of life as unveiled by the spirit. Mm. Mm. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Are you still with us this evening? Are you still with us this evening? Hmm. Jeremiah chapter 3. I have desired your word. What are my necessary food? I want your word. The, you know, the Holy Spirit can tell of this hunger. I don't know about you. If you are warming food or you are preparing food and there's someone really hungry around you, you can tell. You can tell, you can tell, and they're checking, is it done, mommy, is it done, is it ready, is it done, is it ready, there is that expectation, and that's how our approach should be when we interact with God's word, whether it's the teaching of God's word, or it's the study of God's word, it must begin with that prayer of humility and hunger, say, precious Holy Spirit, I'm not here for academics. <laughs> I'm not going to write any exam on what I'm about to read, but my life must validate the truth of your glory. Reveal your words to me. Boy, scriptures now begin to, it's like the, the master chef now saying, but I've been waiting for you for this. Now I know you want my food. I will, and, and PD is saying sentences. The spirit of God is quickening it. And you're hearing 10 things. He's saying one thing. You're hearing 10 things. I have precious Holy Spirit. I don't even, I don't know if PD got that rev, but boy, the spirit of God is speaking here. And that's our responsibility. We are, we are kitchen, kitchen workers. The spirit of God being the master chef. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart. That will feed you with knowledge and understanding. That will feed you with knowledge. Please do not desire. I think it was last week you read it. Don't, de don't desire spiritual junk food. It breaks my heart when I can gauge the appetite of people that really you don't want God's word. You don't desire truth. You don't demonstrate hunger for revelation. Your, your study time is casual. Your reading time is, is, is multitasked. It's not dedicated. You are not demonstrating that this thing is important. This thing is, 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 is life mission critical. There's no demonstration of treasure. There is, is, it's, it's a junk approach to, to, to God's word. Child of God, hear me. This is the way of the spirits. This is the way of victory. We treasure. It's, it's our duty as God's gift to you, to teach you. Many's appetites are shifted to junk and to tails. I mean, the Lord continue to purge our hearts. And take us from just cleanliness to purity, a pure heart. 
a sincerely pure heart. Let me give you an example. And I've, I've played this out. I've not done um, scientific experiments in a way that there was a study population. So this is, this is personal observation, all right? This is personal observation. If you tell someone, the average person, that come, we're doing a teaching on faith. Join us. Teaching. Okay. I've heard you. If you tell someone there's going to be, you know, um, let's even leave the ivy line. Let's, let's stay on feeding now and appetite. If you tell someone, um, um, we're having a teaching on, on fear. You say, oh, great. Great. Um, do you want to come? Maybe, maybe I'll come. We have a guest speaker. Guess who our guest speaker is? Our guest speaker is PK. Okay, I'll come. Or our guest speaker is, hmm, what should I is now? Pastor. Let me look for a name that is not Pastor. Pastor Melitu. Melitu. I don't know if anybody is Melitu. Sounds like Melitus. <laughs> Pastor Melitu. And the person says, who is Melitu? He says, Melitu was, hmm, he's now born again. Oh, he's now born again. Great. He's now born again. Great. Great. So what was, oh, Melitu used to be the third in command to the devil. Hmm. Thank God for Jesus. Third in command to the devil hmm. is, is going to come and tell us about, you know, fear. And you find people, instead of staying with light, they want to go and learn light from ex-darkness. And you see people thronging their ex-witch, ex-demon, ex-principality, ex-power. And my question is, how much have you prayed to current, current light? Current revelation. Don't come and tell me how the devil runs his kingdom when you've not finished digesting the principles of the kingdom of light. <laughs> you've, not, you've not designed your life around the seven pillars with a solid revelation of Jesus. You want to go and hear how the devil runs his kingdom? And you find people just want tales. Hear me, child of God? Don't go the way of those that stumble in the dark. The path of the righteous. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. So at the level of preparation, at the level of the smell of the food, at the level of appetite, we already begin to treasure God's word. Let me give us two examples. Two examples in the book of Acts. Desire good feeding. Desire good, stay with truth. Don't stay with, okay, so now, having known how the devil runs his kingdom, so what do you want to do with that? Really, how, how has it solid, solidified that you are saved and you are victorious in Christ Jesus? How does it solidify the fact that you are seated in Christ? You need the devil to tell you that? When you don't really know what the word of God says about where you are seated? Hmm. Two kinds of appetites. Two kinds of listeners. We've not, the food is still, it has not passed the throat yet. All right, we are still at the level of the church. Remember, the destination is the bloodstream, and how it nourishes you, how it strengthens your spirit, man. That's how transformation happens. Acts chapter 14, verse 8 to verse 10. It says, Acts chapter 14, and there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, unable to walk. He says this man was crippled from his mother's womb. So he had what a medicine will call congenital paralysis. Who never had walked? How else do you describe this? Remember the person who wrote and documented the account of Acts was a trained physician. 
He wrote the gospel according to Luke and he documented the, the exploits of the apostles in Acts. If he had said impotent in his feet, that was good enough. He's giving us additional medical insight that he was crippled congenitally from the womb, never walked before. He says, however, this person interfaced with God's word. I don't know what Paul was teaching on in that particular sermon, but I'm sure he was talking about something relating to the seven pillars. Talking about how you are saved. Talking about your position and your place, your inheritance in Christ Jesus. Talking about your inheritance as sons. Talking about the life of faith. Talking about the divine life. Talking about the ministry of the spirit. And he says this guy's appetite was so high there. He was listening, listening, listening. Taking it in. Like, boy, could this be true? Is this God's word? Verse 9. The same heard Paul speak who steadfastly, can you see that? Like Job says, I have treasured it, not casually. Who, he, he didn't just leave Paul playing in the background and watching his show. He didn't just leave Paul playing in the background and doing something else. He says, steadfastly beholding and perceiving. So Paul perceiving that he had faith to be healed. This was the discernment on the side of the man of God. Said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. He says, the man leaped. And then he walked. <laughs> he leaped. And then he walked. See, the way of the spirit pays. The way of the spirit pays. The way of revelation pays. Treasure God's word. Let me show you someone else. <laughs> someone else. Someone else. Acts chapter 20, verse 7 to verse 12. Acts chapter 20, verse 7 to verse 12. We'll come back to Acts chapter 20. Um, this was Paul um, giving similitude of... Um, I'm sure this was Paul just looking at his notes and he was looking at this series for the year and he said, this journey I'm going on, you know, we can't finish this series. Guys, I have to finish this epignosis I'm teaching now. And he said, Paul, are you going to rush it? Paul said, we don't rush God's word here. To rush, it means to force feed. I don't know if you've seen a, a mother feeding a child and say, you must finish the food. You must finish the food. You know, you just, done. <laughs> And the child's child is waiting for you. Done. Done. And the thing is just dancing there. We are not assimilating. We are not going anywhere. In a matter of time, everything will be what? So Acts chapter 20. Please stay with us. Stay with the word this evening. Acts chapter 20 verse 7. It says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, and he was ready to depart the next day. So he had a flight. Pardon me, we know there were no planes then. He had a travel booked for the next day. So Paul's plan was that this service, we will continue it from, from <laughs> we'll continue from now till tomorrow, and I will go to the airport. You know, there are, there are many who can't even stand the idea of that. For many today, a one-hour service is too long. Keep it short, nice, and simple. And, and sometimes you are listening to the, to the requests of people. Keep it short, nice, and simple. Food for your spirit that you interact with once a week. For some once a month. For some once in six months. For some once a year. Short, nice, simple. Paul said, you guys, you will hear this word. <laughs> till tomorrow so verse 8 it says there were many lights in the upper chamber let's not deceive your circadian rhythm to think the light is set the, the sun is setting it's time to sleep it's not time to sleep we will stay here and we will hear this word i will preach it you will hear it 
So they were there. And it was not a ground floor. So verse 9 says, There sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. With all the lights, I don't know what Eutychus did the night before. Maybe he was on Netflix. And he didn't get the memo that long service tomorrow. Boy, don't you just miss the days when we go on our retreats and we just stay there and pray and pray and pray for hours and listen and listen and listen and listen to God's word, knowing that I'm not going home. I'm not going, I'm staying here. And those days will be back soon. In the name of Jesus. Even when they return, we'll go somewhere really far. Far. <laughs> Glory to God. So this young man, he says, he was taken into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, the man of God was just dishing revs, dishing revs. He says the man sunk down with sleep. He fell from the third loft. So let's say the third floor of this building and was taken up dead. Isn't that meant to be the end of the service? Isn't that meant to be the end of the service? We are preaching. End the service, end the service, end the service. You did not end the service. Someone now has fallen off from deep sleep, deep, <laughs> deep sleep. Third floor is dead. You know what Paul did? Verse 10. And Paul went down. I'm, see, I'm not making, I'm reading Bible. And Paul, that's why I tell you, the, the word of God is, is, is too interesting for you to prioritize something else. It's too, it's too, it's too alive to prioritize something else. And Paul went down and fell on him, embracing him, and said, trouble not yourselves, for his life is within him. So this is Paul declaring, not as medical expert, but as God expert. Glory to God. As a man full of the spirit, he said, this guy is not dead. Wrong place to die. Where we are releasing the word of life, not today. So when he therefore was come up again, had broken bread, eaten, and talked. Can you see he didn't reduce the sermon? A long while, even till break of day. Can you see that this event didn't change the curriculum? These people wanted God's word. You can't you can sleep. You, we will wake you up and you will continue hearing. <laughs> he says, and so he departed. He went for his flight, finished the word. Overnight teaching. Any, anybody, anybody ready for overnight teaching of God's word? Knowing that you won't sleep, you won't be sleepy. If you sleep, we'll wake you. If you faint, we'll resuscitate you. If you fall off, the resurrection power is available. Glory to God. You know, I love verse 12 so much. It says, and they brought the young man alive. And they were not a little comforted. Old English. That means they were greatly refreshed. They received the word. They received life. They received demonstration. Hear me, child of God? This is the way of the Spirit. I've healthy appetite for the truth of God's word, not the tales of God's word, not the junk interpretation from people who are on the other side. Stay on God's word. Stay on God's word. Stay on the books that are inspired by the Spirit. Stop looking for extra biblical knowledge. Oh, P.D., have you heard about the book of Joshua? I've heard about it. It's in the book of Joshua. Have you finished reading the, 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 the ones allotted to you? Back in the days, we call it over syllabus. You've not finished studying what you should study. You are reading quantum mechanics when you cannot draw cell. You cannot draw an atom. And for those who are interested in extra biblical, spiritual, esoteric knowledge, the, the implications are not just like what I gave in 
educational systems. The implications are that these things can poison your spirit if it's not inspired by the spirit of God. It can poison your spirit. It can bring, it can, it can, it can cause, please, you don't need that exposure. Stay on God's word. Stay on the truth. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So what does good feeding entail? Good feeding begins with healthy appetite, good chewing. There's no way we can finish this conversation, all right? So don't even bother by God's grace trusting the Lord that sometime again in the near future we'll pick up on study, interpretation, meditation of God's words. Dedicate good time. Good feeding involves chewing of God's word. And I wrote here in my notes, chewing will involve creating landmarks. What do I mean by landmarks? There are certain teachings, there are certain books, there are certain messages, there are certain scriptures that when you interacted with them, you just knew that there was something here for me. I have them in my own life. There are messages that I can't count the number of times I've listened to them. Those are my landmark truth pillars. That when I see a swaying, a swaying, I can go back and recalibrate. There is a chewing. Let me just say this. If you've heard a message only once, truth is you've not heard that message. You've, you've, you've been made aware of it. You need to chew. You need to chew. You need to chew. While some of us are bragging, I've, 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 I've listened to this 100 times, 200 times, and then you hear some other generals say, I've listened to this thousands, thousands of times, the same message, thousands of times. That's because the word of God is living. It's alive. The more you dwell there, you re-listen, and you re-listen, and you re-listen, and you re-listen, and you re-listen. That is when it begins to go through the throat. If not, you will just, many of us stuff our mouths on Monday, this sermon, Tuesday, this sermon, Thursday, this sermon, and all of them is just once, 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 once. And you are just aware of many things, but established in nothing. Having chewed the process of digestion now begins to kick in. The Spirit of God, that prayer, remember, of humility and hunger. Saying, open your words to me. You are the author of scriptures. Show me. Now begins to quicken the word. Quicken the word. In the process of quickening, it tells you what you can assimilate into your bloodstream and what you must excrete. And for you to be able to excrete properly, you must come to a place of maturity. Okay. Let's read God's word for all of those points. James chapter 1, verse 22 to verse 25. James chapter 1, verse 22 to verse 25. I think we can begin to wrap up now. James chapter 1, verse 22 to verse 25. Metabolized, broken down doctrine as the recipe for the spirit man's energy, victory. James chapter 1, verse 22 to verse 25. He says, but don't just listen to God's word. I've read this. I've read, oh, I've read of, I've read the best teaching on faith. I've read the best book on faith. <laughs> Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Let me read that again. But don't just listen to God's word. It says you must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. 
It says in verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, the perfect law of liberty, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Glory to God. Glory to God. So there is a doing to good hearing. If you've heard well, there is a, do, there is a doing to it. If you've heard well, there is a doing to it. The hearing well makes you become. We are becoming is engraced to now do. David tells us in Psalms 119, in fact, easily could have picked all the texts this evening from Psalms 119, Psalms 119, the longest chapter in our Bibles as broken down into chapters and verses. Psalm 119, verse 60, David speaking, he says, I made haste and delayed not to keep your commandments. In the NLT, he says, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. I will hear your word. I will hear it again. I will chew on it. I will meditate on it day and night. I will brood over it. I will go back and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. Life begins to break. Light begins to break. Life begins to come. Light begins to break there. I am now becoming a new person. I am being transformed by your word. There is grace to do. I obey your word. I do your word and I don't delay it. Then I begin the process of digestion and assimilation. There is a quickening of scripture. This part, we can't touch it today. The quickening of scripture. When the word of God begins to come alive to you, there is the danger of what Peter calls private interpretation. So when I was on campus in medical school, one of the scriptures we always used when exam period was coming is Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7. It says, the memory of the righteous is blessed. You know, if, if we are just taking our time to just compare versions, we would have seen that this memory, it is true, it is true that your memory is blessed and you will remember. You can find by the Spirit another scripture to anchor that on. This one means that when the righteous depart from this side of eternity. We have a good remembrance of them. Guess what? That was private interpretation that saw us through, but it's not doctrinal truth that the body can survive by. I hope that is making sense. Don't worry. Trust in the Lord. We'll break this, we'll break this down in future teachings. Scriptures are not for private interpretation. It is true that the Spirit of God can quicken a word, quicken a sentence to you that it gives you life. Another example is Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. A man's gift will make way for him. Father, my gift is making a way for me. And it's, it's been quickened to you so much that doors of opportunities have opened to you. And say, Father, thank you. My gift made a way for me. But you now begin to stay there and see that really in context, which is why good interpretation, good study must precede quickening so that what is being quickened is accurate knowledge. The gift is talking about in context is a gift given in the courtroom to courtiers to, to get the favor or the access to come before the king. In, in today's word, the closest approximation is a bribe. But someone else has been quickened so much that your interpretation, keep it, is saying, my gift has made a way for me already. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
But we have to be careful when it comes to building the body, it has to be accurate doctrine that is metabolized, well taught, and that spans through the old covenant that is endorsed by Christ, who is the visible image of God, of the Godhead, express image, all right? And that we can see it applied in the early church. Don't worry, we'll get to the principles of interpreting scripture in another teaching. Another thing that I want to pay attention to is don't allow your knowledge of scripture prevent the Holy Spirit from quickening life to you. Especially prophetic scriptures that talk about specific moments in prophecy. Allow the Spirit of God to take those same words and don't say, is this not talking about the millennial reign? And the Spirit of God is saying, this is a word for you today. I am quickening it. Don't use your knowledge to flush out the will of the Spirit. And it shall come to pass in those days, Micah chapter 4, that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be exalted above all mountains. It says many will come unto it. I say, whoa. PD taught us eschatology. I know the time that he's talking about. But the same spirit of God can take that word and quicken it and say, I'm exalting the mountain of my house. Many are coming. Many are coming. Begin to stretch your cords. Lengthen. Prepare for the harvest. I am bringing in the crowd. Solid men, solid women. Many will come. And that's just the word you are running with in a season. Many will come. Many will come. Many will come. Don't say, Holy Spirit. Don't you know it is talking up? It says, I'm the author of scriptures. Allow me to quicken it. Hmm. Somebody say glory to God. So in verse 18 of Psalms 119, it says, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law, that I may glean wondrous things. I may receive life. I can metabolize these truths out of your law. Psalm 119, verse 96. We talked about chewing first. We are talking about digestion and assimilation now, which really is a quickening by the Spirit. Psalm 119, still, verse 96. It says, I have seen an end of all perfection. What the psalmist is saying here is, I've seen great things. I've read great books. I've watched great movies. I've traveled to the best places. It says, but your commandment is exceeding broad. <laughs> Can you see that? Let me read it in another version in the Amplified. It says, I have seen that everything human has its limits and end, no matter how extensive, noble, or excellent. It says, but your commandment, your word, when it comes alive, is exceedingly broad and extends without limits into eternity. He's saying that this word is broad. I, I can read this scripture yesterday, come back today and pff, light. It's, it's broad, it's rich, it's deep. There's life here for you. Hmm. So, in the same Psalms 119 verse 148, it says, my eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. It says, I'll stay awake studying God's word. Oh, I, I'm, I, I don't want preaching on Sunday. No, no. There's just this truth the Holy Spirit has been sharing with me. I, I, I just can't leave it. Oh, it's time. Uh, um, uh, your favorite show is coming or you, your team is about to play. Say, I'm, I'm coming. I can watch the highlights. I, I can't move away from this truth. When last did you see a treasure so rich to take your sleep from you? And you say, I will stay here. I will sleep here. My eyes stay open through the night watches. 
that I may meditate on your promises. It now becomes too true to be untrue. But this is God's word. It's no longer letter. It is now spirit. Life has come. Glory to God. I said glory to God. A good digestive system has mechanisms to excrete, to determine what is wrong and to flush it out. Let me just say this. In the process of excretion, someone is saying, please don't get gory now, don't get gory now. I just had dinner. I'm about to have dinner. <laughs> All right. Remember we said it takes a level of maturity to be able to discern what is LV and not LV. It takes healthy linings to be able to assimilate what is nutrient and what is poison. That said, we must be careful to ensure that once you spot something that is not accurate as revealed by scripture and as illuminated by the spirit, don't throw away the baby with the bath water. When it is obvious that this spring is a spring of death and it is a spring of poison and it is a spring of error, by all means, by all means, Jeremiah 3.15, if they are my pastors, they will give you knowledge and understanding, not poison and error. If this chef is continually cooking all sorts of, of, of demonic lies, child of God, unless you have designed your system for poison, you can stay there. And, and, and what I just said now is true of many. What they want is poison and junk. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, And he gave some apostles, and he gave some prophets, and he gave some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13 says, Until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, hmm. unto a perfect man, a well-built life, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's saying that this is the kind of person that can pick error. Verse 14, That we henceforth be no more children tossed and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight that means cunningness uh, all right and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive there are many deceivers out there many deceivers out there and what they're after is the pocket of many not after your soul not after your prosperity not after your well-being not after your victory but to lie to deceive and I pray for you that the appetite that will keep you where God has planted you, not to carry yourself to where you'll be exploited and ravaged, that God will help each and every one of us. And for those of us who are teachers of the word and are found teachers of the word, we continue to pray that the grace to stay teaching the truth, the grace to stay teaching the truth, to stay building people, brick, brick, block, block, brick, brick, block, block, you know, being a tool in God's hands for the making of edifices, that that grace will rest upon us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. It says, but there were also false prophets in Israel. 
<laughs> Can you imagine that? It's telling you that in the home of the God of the universe, there were false prophets there. How much more where we've taken the gospel to, where they had their own funny things before the true gospel came. It says, just as there will be false teachers amongst you. It says they will cleverly teach destructive heresies. It's important that we mention this. If not, we've not done justice to epignosis. Destructive heresies and even deny the master who brought them. It says in this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Now, if it was only themselves that they were doing this to, but it, it's just the number of many people that the enemy has. has, has so verse 2 says, many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. Does it not break your heart? Does it not break your heart? You know, you share God's word. Mm. Somebody says one junk, one rubbish, and all of us will go and give publicity to it. Can you imagine what they said? Hey, something, something, if you touch vitamin C, you're going to hell. So like, hey, you mean somebody said that? People heard it, people believed, people sh- you'll be shocked what people are believing, but we are not promoting the truth. We are not promoting the truth. We are not promoting the truth. You see a new headline. Oh, this comic company wants to start infusing these characters into their stories. Really, what kind of characters do you want them to put? You, you, you want them to start doing stories about Jesus? They are doing their work. They are serving their agenda. Are we doing our work? Are we advancing, promoting, sharing truth? Are we investing in truth? Are we building healthy content? Are we just analyzing and waiting for them to bring the next big one? See, let me tell you, in the coming weeks, there will be multiple things. You will not see me promoting the enemy's agenda. I won't even talk about it. I have my own work. It is to build people of truth, people of stature, people of power, and that we will continue to do. It says, many will follow their evil teaching, their shameful immorality, and because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. The way of truth will be slandered. So you now begin to hear things like... All these pastors are a joke. All these prophets. All these teachers. All this. That's what the enemy wants. All this. It says the way of truth will be slandered. It says in their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that you will not be victim of error. You will not be victim of deception. You will not be victim of lies. But your life will be proof that the truth works. Your life will be, will be proof that the truth sets free completely. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So God's word is food for you. God's word is medicine for your spirit being. As we begin to teach in future series on studying and interpreting, we'll now begin to talk about building, building a, 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 a pharmacy, as it were, of potent scriptures that are topical. Alright, we'll talk about that, the Lord will help us. But I want to believe that the Spirit of God has taken these words, not just today, but all through this series to challenge you to want more from his word. To challenge you to desire more from your place of study. 
to, desire, to, to, to challenge you that don't just read your Bible to check your, 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 your boxes. Pray that prayer of hunger and humility. Spirit of the Lord, show me. I don't want to bring scriptures for you and force you to bring them to life. No, I want you to show me scriptures. Quicken them. I want you to give me revelation knowledge. This is how faith is birthed so that my life can be one of victory. And I pray for you once again that your life will be one of victory. Your family will be a family of victory. As a ministry, as we insist on the way of the Spirit, ours will be a people of victory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Hmm. I don't know about you. I've been very blessed this series. And in conclusion, I leave us with two scriptures. In conclusion, I leave us with two scriptures. By God's grace, if Jesus tarries, we'll pick up this conversation again, talking about reading, studying, and interpreting the Bible, and then the practice and art of biblical meditation. But in conclusion this evening, in conclusion this month, in conclusion this series, in conclusion, Epignosis, Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Remember the sermon we said Paul preached all night because he had a flight to catch the next day. This was one of the statements he made at the airport. Let's just put it like that. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. It says, so now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you. Nothing else is able to build you. This is what is able to build you. It says, and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So now, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you and give you an inheritance, to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are being sanctified. The word of his grace to God and to the word of his grace. Pray again for you that you be the edifice God has designed for you. You, you will not leave the plan and say this, 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 this plan is too long. Do you have designs for bungalows? Do you have designs for garage <laughs> sheds? When God's plan is a, a, a massive skyscraper. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. I read from the Amplified. It says, practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living on it. It says, and the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. You've heard so much. It's time to do. We've received God's word. It's time to move from Gnosis. We've been challenged. It's time to contend for revelation knowledge. We've been quickened. It's time to kill your appetite for junk. It's, it's time to quit to quit listening funny, funny stuff from, I'm, I'm of the light. I know the light. I am of the light. I know the light. I stay on the light. And light comes as I stay here and chew and regurgitate and meditate and assimilate and regurgitate as I build landmarks and listen and listen and listen. Light breaks, 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 breaks. This is what will build me. This is what will build you. If you want to build to stand, if you want to build to last, it must be on the word of his grace. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Why don't you wherever you are just raise those hands to heaven and say, Father, thank you for sending me your word. Make it personal. 
Thank you, Father, for sending me your word. Thank you for teaching me with knowledge and with understanding through your servant. I know it is you speaking to me. Your, your servant has been the vessel, yes, but this is you speaking to me. Now it's time for me to switch my appetite. It's time for me to review my commitments. It's time for me to readjust my schedules to demonstrate my dependence, utmost dependence on the revelation that comes from your word. Thank you. I am grateful for life. I am grateful for light that has come this month. Glory be unto your name. Be thou exalted. If you're under the sound of my voice and you've not received the Lordship of Jesus, I want to pray with you. Everything we have said is the inheritance of the believer in Christ Jesus. You might own a Bible. Maybe you've even gone to Bible school. Maybe you have a degree in theology. But you know you are not born again. You know you are not born again. I want to pray with you. Or maybe you are not someone who has that much Bible educational knowledge. You've just lived your life the way you wanted to. And you are saying, can, can you pray with me? Will your God receive me? He's not just my God. He is your God. He is your Father and He will receive you. He's been looking forward to this moment to welcome you back into His presence. And to say, yes, you've made mistakes but we can begin again. We can begin today. We can begin this moment. We can begin. I can, there is grace available for you. My spirit is there for you. These scriptures that you know can now begin to make sense. Or these scriptures that you don't know, I can now begin to teach you. Let's start. Let's start this journey. It's a journey of life. It's a journey of victory. It's, a, it's the path to dominion. It's the way of the spirit. I want to pray with you this evening. Please say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in that grave. Thank you because on the third day, you rose again. Today, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord over my life and you are my savior and you are my king. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I renounce my sin I renounce my past. I renounce all of it. I say goodbye to the kingdom of darkness. And I am welcomed by your spirit into your own kingdom. Thank you, gracious Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Please permit me to pray with you very quickly. Father, thank you for these sons and daughters of yours making the best, greatest decision ever. I ask that they will be established in the faith that there is a supply of your spirit and a multiplication of your grace, that their names are now engraved in the Lamb's book of life. They will love you forever. They will serve you forever. They will do exploits in your kingdom to your glory. Be thou magnified, for in Jesus' name we are afraid. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at K-I-C-C-Canada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.